There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, double I, dot com. At her core, Tara Pate is a connector who loves bringing people together, building community, and sharing a brand story. She has over eight years of experience in helping seasoned Fortune 250 companies and bold startups find their brand's voice and turning them into impactful and measurable marketing programs. She's worked on strategic and results-driven influencer campaigns for years now, focusing on CPG brands in the hospitality industry, including real estate, and has successfully brokered over 500 influencer partnerships for a variety of brands. She's currently the brand marketing manager for Drip Drop ORS. She oversees the strategy and execution of influencer programming, social media, strategic partnerships, email marketing, subscription loyalty programming, event execution, and mission activation. Tara recently graduated with a master's degree in integrated marketing communications and is a previous recipient of the Charleston Business Journal's 40 Under 40 Award. Welcome to the podcast, Tara. Thank you so much, Jesse. I love the work you're doing in influencer marketing, especially for us women, and I'm very honored to be here today. We're just going to jump right into it. I have quite a few questions, and I'm really just excited to jump in. So I think it's so important for everybody to get a sense of everybody's path. Um, so talk to us a little bit about yours. Tell us where you know your career path and how you made it to where you are today. I have a degree in advertising. I'm from South Florida and influencer marketing was not a thing. In fact, Facebook was still tied to my university email address. So I graduated from South Florida with a degree in advertising and I was very lucky to have met the man of my dreams at a very young age and we got married and he was an officer in the Navy. So maybe in 2010, we packed up all of our belongings and we moved to Charleston, South Carolina and had the opportunity to kind of kickstart my career um, working for a boutique alternative investment firm doing client relations and marketing and and really just kind of getting my feet wet in the marketing space and really not knowing what kind of direction I wanted to go. But the Navy called and we moved to Seattle, Washington. And then that I really kind of started to take a hard look at what I really wanted to do in my career and knew that the hospitality industry, like specifically food, beverage, real estate, was something that was really exciting to me and piqued my curiosity. So I started working 
as a marketing manager for a resort property in Seattle, Washington. And actually, that's when I first dipped my toes into influencer marketing. So working for a resort property, we would often host media tours or blogger tours. That was maybe our kind of first dip into kind of that influencer realm. And the first step I took in the influencer realm was with actually previous bachelor and bachelorette contestants that lived in the Seattle area and invited them out to experience the property for a weekend. And that was kind of my first taste of influencer marketing. Then I was again called by the Navy with my husband and we moved back to Charleston, South Carolina. And I got to work for another property development. And again, kind of taking that knowledge that I had learned, I brought it to the real estate field, which was something that was entirely new. So I invited bloggers to come out and host photo shoots at our model homes so that they could take really like great interior design photos and add those to their portfolios and really just credit the location and the homes and the builders as where their photos were being taken. And then my husband got out of the Navy and we don't have kids. And we decided to really take hard looks at our careers and really be selfish about them and say, you know, what do we want to get out of life? What do we value? What do we want to do with our careers? Where do we want to leave our marks? And so we decided to move to San Francisco, to Silicon Valley, to really kickstart our careers So I launched into marketing at NatureBox, which if you're not familiar with that is a um, subscription snack service, healthy, better for you alternative snacks, and really jumped into influencer marketing there, scaling, you know, hundreds to thousands of influencers every month. And it felt like the Wild West because I feel like we were still clawing at our VPs of marketing to ask for marketing dollars to put towards influencer marketing. You know, we didn't have big agencies supporting us. And we hadn't quite made that pivot yet. So, you know, I was managing all of these accounts in-house. As it is in Silicon Valley, I kind of changed careers one more time. And I knew that I wanted to take my love of food and beverage, but really turn it into something that was connected to my core. And that was a mission company. So when I set my eyes on where I wanted to go next, I really wanted to focus on a company where mission was an integral part of their brand and that was doing good in the world. So again, with that food and beverage, I landed at the company that I'm with now where I manage all of our brand endeavors when it comes to marketing. I've seen our scale with influencer marketing grow, what, 3x probably in the last year alone. And that company is Drip Drop. So Drip Drop is an oral rehydration solution. It's an electrolyte powder that's used by U.S. military, elite athletes, those with chronic health conditions. And then we've recently been launching into the consumer space. And it's been my job to bring drip drop kind of to the masses, to the people that might not understand dehydration and really allowing people to experience something that's a world class um, medical grade product. So very, very exciting. And so I love the fact that you're working directly for brand because that's unique for the guests that we have on the podcast. And so I have so many questions. Like I'd love to hear what are some of your goals of working with influencers and how that gone as you've hired influencers throughout time? Honestly, you know, influencer marketing when I started here at Drip Drop was really brand new. 
We are a medical sort of brand, meaning that our ingredients are medical grade. We're talking about symptoms that you would experience that lead to dehydration. And we were a bit nervous, right, that the consumer space wouldn't necessarily resonate with a drug company. But we thought that there was this really big tipping point happening with consumers that were genuinely interested in finding a product that was solving something. You know, Soul Cycle being one of the number one fitness classes and these instructors teaching three classes a day and walking off a bike and truly being dehydrated, we thought, you know, there is a market out there and there's these people that can educate consumers. And so we really started with that mentality with influencer marketing, which was how do we find influential people who want to be educators, who really want to talk to their audiences and honestly have been blown away with the responses that we've gotten. And really, we credit that to picking influencers that want to be educational. And so talk to me a little bit about some of the best success stories, the best influencers that they've really performed for you. You can drop names or not, but I think most importantly, I'd love to hear case studies of like, oh my God, this was such a win for us. Like, and it was because of this specific thing. If you can articulate that, I think that'd be so helpful for everyone. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I think has been a real breakthrough for our brand is taking influencers from the digital space and bringing them into the physical space. And so what I mean by that is our most successful case studies, and I've got one female in particular and one male in particular that we've worked with in which we have done journey posts. So introduction to the product for different causes of dehydration, doing a gift with purchase that's exclusive to their audience. So for example, if you were a fitness influencer that we worked with, we created a custom exercise band that was branded with your logo or your name and our logo specific to your audience. And then the next step beyond that has been, like I mentioned, bringing the the online to offline and driving contests. And we really fit well with this kind of um, elite fitness crowd on influencer marketing. So what we were able to bring is a deal in which, you know, we could offer a contest where if you're following an influencer online, chances are you've never actually met them, right? So we're bringing a contest to life where you can fly to Nashville with your best friend, attend a private one-on-one training with this influencer, um, have an all-out experience with the brand, get a dehydration relief pack, and again, bring that full circle to where we've introduced something online, but we've brought it offline. And we found tremendous success with that because we feel like we're building deep, deep roots with our brand influencers and not just one-off style posts. And so how do you measure that success? That sounds incredible. Just seeing an experience like that, that I could win online, like I would definitely be motivated to participate. But as a brand and being able to measure these things and track these things, how are you guys choosing to measure the success of these opportunities? Yeah, so we always start number one for us when I think about my role. How do I bring people into the drip drop universe that have never heard of drip drop before? So influencers help basically three levels. Number one, impressions. So how many eyes are we getting on our product for the first time? Number two is once they've interacted with our brand, it's a very great opportunity for our ad team to do retargeting. So we know that once we get somebody into the system, whether they double tap on an influencer post, whether they've clicked over to our profile, they're in our funnel. And so it's really important for us to capture those impressions so that way we can enter them into that top of funnel. 
And then the next one that we do, and I think this is kind of unique to our brand, is that we value email addresses. We know that that's a very high performing tool for us. And we're building a strictly e-commerce business right now. And so every email is of immense value. So when I talk about bringing that online to offline, these contests are fueling through signups email addresses. And again, that goes into our database, that's retargeting, that's messaging. So when I look at kind of how we're looking at results, number one impressions, number two ad drivers, and then number three, can we get that plus one with an email address? So I think it's a little bit different than some brands that might focus on media value or just strictly impressions. Right now we're focused on what is that plus up opportunity available to us. And I think that also I'm curious to hear You say that you're able to really convert these relationships with influencers to be much more deep-seated. Sounds more like an ambassadorship versus like a one-off sort of experience with them. And like, that's incredible. I would say from the influencer's perspective, that's ideal. They're really looking for those opportunities these days. I can't imagine that an agency or a brand wouldn't just want to have a select few group of people that they can simply rely on and they know like absolutely speak the language of their brand and they can just pull from and have this all set for them versus plug and play a million different people in and out all the time. So talk to us a little bit about that and how you've been able to capture the right people, how it's gone for you, some of the wins and maybe some of the learnings along the way. Yeah, I think you nailed it by saying it's a brand's dream to find those truly influential. We talked about just a second ago about impressions. And while we always have a monthly goal of new impressions we want to make, which is why we diversify our influencers, we also want to carry those that are high performers through the pipeline with us. Like we want to establish real relationships. We want to connect on a deeper level. And we truly rely on our agency support to help us make those informed decisions. So we do use an outside agency that helps us with negotiations, with choices, with how we're managing expectations to results and really sharing that at our monthly breakdowns of this is who's performing well, this is their engagement, this is some great comments that are being said, what do we want to do next month with them? And so I'm really fortunate, like I couldn't say that I handpick every influencer we work with because that wouldn't be true. We definitely rely on the support of an agency to help us scale this part of our business and to help us make those informed decisions. And then what have some of the, maybe some of the learnings, like have there been instances where you were like, this influencer is perfect. They fit this criteria, that criteria. You all felt really set on them. And then for one reason or another, it wasn't the ideal situation. I won't say that it was like an atrocious, you know, trade wreck. Maybe it just didn't meet expectations, right? Fortunately, because we're doing something at such scale, you like to think you're going into things with the most educated decisions you can make. But sometimes, like you mentioned, things can go awry. Unfortunately, I think one of the things that has been hard for our brand specifically is because we want to build a community of both males and females really equally. And I think what's happened in the influencer space or what we've kind of run into is this amazing talent of females who know how to sell right? It's personal. They're on their selfies. They're talking about products. They're showing it in their daily lives. And we took some bets with some larger scale, you know, males and really didn't see this type of growth that we were seeing with some of these females. And so I think that's an area for us to really keep digging into and to uncover is how do we make sure that we're building the appropriate audiences on the appropriate channels 
I think, unfortunately, you know, one of our worst experiences has been when we had an influencer who was doing a skydiving photo. So we really love the idea of extreme adventure. We want to live in the extremities as a brand. We don't want to be a hydration product like coconut water or Gatorade. We want to be a dehydration relief product. So when we ask influencers to share their story, they need to be nitty and gritty and they need to be extreme and sweating. And that's harder to find. And we had an influencer, unfortunately, who had gone skydiving and had, which unbeknownst to us, had photoshopped out his kind of co-parachuter. I guess it's the guy that's kind of attached to them. And his community, safety and skydivers, professional associations came out and they were like, you're going to do harm. People are going to think that they can free jump without a partner and he doesn't have the experience. And we got emails and phone calls. And really, it was just taken aback by something that we we had no idea. Of course, our agency was there to help us sift through that and to really make good to everyone to know that we didn't promote something like that. Like safety is, of course, the most important thing but yeah so it's funny that when we have dipped our toes into the male space they haven't even delivered as well as females have and in this case had even photoshopped a photo so we've definitely had some doozies oh my gosh there's so many questions that I have things I could talk about this for the whole rest of the episode but I won't what one thing that I'll say is we talk about this a lot at some of our events and certainly in the podcast and just individually in conversations every clause of a contract is a mistake from a prior experience like every additional clause that you add in it's something that you were burned on before and then you know for the future I gotta include this in my future contracts right that is so true so (laughs) I mean I can't even think of the amount of addendums that I've had to be like I had no idea I had to tell someone don't photoshop something like a person attached to your back jumping out of a plane so yeah lessons learned for sure Yeah. And I'm curious if, especially since you guys are into like sort of extreme physical activity, extreme sports, there's safety things involved in that or something along those lines as a sort of a clause in in your contracts, but, but how to avoid having an influencer do something that you're unaware that they would even do. I don't know how you avoid that. I think unfortunately, it's one of those things where you learn the lesson after it happens, right? And we can do our best to keep those checks and balances and put that clauses in there of you no know, harm to yourself or to others or, or things like that. Um, and of course, no photoshopping something that's so, I mean, it's, it's not a little face tune we're talking about here. And so really t- staying true and authentic to the brand, that has been a struggle to us because we want these influencers to create content that makes them a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, I think we've started to see this lifting of the veil, right, of people being more real, more authentic, not always so staged. But there's an entire genre of influencers that built their careers like that. And so trying to get them to break down those barriers is tough. And so what we've seen is kind of these up and coming, you know, micro influencers who are willing to take some risks and do things a little bit different that we found some really great success with because they're not stuck in this, well, this is how I grew up in the industry. This is the algorithm I follow. I think there's a real dynamic shift happening. And so it's allowed our brand to play in a space that maybe some of the traditional influencers haven't quite adopted yet. And so let's talk a little bit more about the wins. I mean, interestingly enough, you were saying that like some of the women that you've been working with really know how to sell products. 
generally speaking, that we love sharing tips and tricks. There are so many women who you'll chat with your friend and you'll just so organically talk about, oh my God, you have to try this product. It's incredible. What do you think that's all about? Like, what about it that you think has actually been so successful in the content that's been created? Why is it really selling your product? How are they doing it? Yeah, I think that there's this piece that I think you nailed it, Jesse, by saying when you talk to your girlfriends, and this is obviously specific to women, I think you are like so engaged. You are truthful about products. You want to share your favorite product or kind of like what's new in the it thing. And influencers that do this well, that bring this kind of one-on-one personal experience they're having with their girlfriends to the digital space are those, and, and I'll give a shameless plug here because I think she's fantastic, is Grace from At A Southern Drawl and also Fit With ASD. She was this piece of this pie that the way she connects with her audience is so genuine. It's motivating. What sets her apart is this crossover component. So she has this lifestyle piece where she's talking to you as a girlfriend, but she's got this crossover account because her life is fitness. She has a very successful, the Daily Burn app. She's got a successful second account that's focused on fitness. And so with Drip Drop, we were able to seamlessly kind of coexist in both spaces where she could talk about her fitness and and her day-to-day while also talking about the extremity of her workouts. I mean, she is sweating. That's the aha moment for our brand is who are these people that are genuinely and authentically sharing their life with their audience. Yeah, I mean, and that's fantastic to know. I think that there's so many of those out there. And I think that people listening are probably like, I know they're out there too, but how do I find them? What has been your process to find influencers? I mean, I know you said you're working with an agency. I'm sure they have their own processes as well, but are you privy to any of that? And, or maybe even just from the onset, finding the best people. Yeah, I think it's kind of a hybrid. You know, I do about 50% of our sourcing in-house through myself. And really, that's coming down to me really being plugged into the industry. Like we mentioned, you know, being a, a member of Women in Influencer Marketing and having that resource online to kind of talk about the different campaigns that I have going and getting pitched from those that represent the talent. And then... I think what we've really honed in on, a lot of brands, when you're first kind of starting out, can go down one path and keep going down a path and forget that you can pivot along the way. And we have been very, very persistent on being able to pivot quickly. So if we see that something's not working out, go away from it. If we see that something's working, double down on it. Example, we're also working with Sean Booth, who's a previous Bachelor contestant, because he has this popularity mainstream audience, but he also owns a gym and he's a badass instructor in Nashville and and people clamor to take his classes. And so we're finding these people that are kind of like these double agents where they're operating in a space that is consumer friendly, but also this level of connectivity beyond lifestyle. So we mentioned earlier on the call, like we're a mission driven brand and finding people that might be in the mainstream media or macro level influencers who haven't attached their self with a mission company is something we're also looking to develop. If there's a hurricane, if there's an Ebola outbreak, if there's a cholera outbreak, I mean, we just delivered 15,000 sticks to the Congo for an Ebola outbreak. We want to bring influencers who are 
interested in the mission piece of our company too and allow them to be ambassadors for our mission as well. And so while I think we've nailed this fitness piece, this crossover piece with people like Grace and Sean, our next step as a brand is to really look into how can we bring people along on our missions. And I think that it's smart of you guys to have more of these ambassadorships versus one-offs for so many reasons, but specifically to what you were just referring to, because if an influencer is doing 10 one-offs uh, partnerships a week, I mean, it's really hard for them to really invest in the mission of a company. Like you really need to educate them first and foremost about the product and really then get their take on how they connect to the product. And after they, they're learning about it, they have to figure out like, what is my real, true, genuine connection to this? And how do I communicate that to everybody? Like what direction, what path, what story do I want to tell? Um, and so that takes time. And I think that it's really smart that you guys have gone more the ambassadorship route. I think that's brilliant. And so talk to us a little bit about more about you. You've got your master's. You've been doing this for quite a while. You've worked with lots of different companies and now you found yourself where you are. So talk to us a little bit about mentors who you've had to look up to or who you've just connected with in the industry and who's happened to have made maybe a, a significant impact in the trajectory of your career or the way that you do business in your current role who's made a huge impact on on your career and what have they done and what effect has that had on you Jesse, it's one of those questions that I um, wish I had this person because I think that this mentorship, especially for women, is so valuable. And I think because we moved so much in the last 10 years, and so finding someone and really holding on to them has been kind of difficult for me just because of all the moves. I will say that one thing that has really been kind of my networking and where I found women who empower me and who I can lean to for advice is without fail, every single place that I've moved, I've been a part of the Junior League Association. And with that has been mentorship opportunities at each place and different women. It's been networking. It's been public speaking classes. It's been presentation prep. And so really having this foundation where I have a very large network of women has been especially meaningful to me and, and something that I've really enjoyed. I think feeding off of that group mentality, and this has been relatively new, is shameless plug for you, is truly this women and in influencer marketing. I have personally taken these online conversations offline. One of the brands that I really value as a company that's empowering is a company called Third Love who manufactures bras. We're both Oakland-based companies, Oakland, California. And when wildfires hit last year, not only did I hand drive 5,000 sticks to firefighters and hand them out and shake hands, Third Love was there donating bras to those women who had lost their homes and clothing in the fires. And while that seems kind of small, it's really impactful as a woman to, to not have a bra. And so the point of that was that I was able to collect, connect with their influencer marketing person on a deeper level and really make that connection that you guys provided through WIM back offline. And so really finding value, honestly, in groups of women, not just single women. I agree. This is probably TMI, maybe, but I'm wearing a third love bra right now. 
to make great bras. So it's so rewarding to me as someone who started this group to see people just connect in such a genuine way. Yes, for business, but then also just for more important things that are going on in the world and to just connect on a more human level. I think that's a lot of what this group is about. Influencer marketing is only a piece of it because it's not just a superficial thing that is your career. I mean, what that means, the sense of accomplishment that you can take away from being successful in your career is huge. And to be able to share information with each other, to be able to bond over those experiences, it's something that I hope that everyone in this group can experience. So I'm so glad to hear that you're like really taking the bull by the horns and taking a lot of the relationships that you've culminated from WIM offline. That's what it's there for. And I hope everybody does that. And it's great to hear that you guys are able to do so outside of necessarily New York and LA. We talk about this often. We had an event last year in Chicago, which had an incredible turnout. I was just talking about it the other day, how we want to do another one outside of New York or LA. We love our New York girls. I'm one of them. We love our LA girls. We're huge major markets, but there are a lot of incredible companies working in influencer marketing and all over the country all over the world of course too and so it's great to see that you've connected with others in your own community couldn't have said it better myself and bring the party to san francisco we're here for it i love it it's been on our radar for the longest time we should really chat after this because we're overdue to bring an event to san francisco and to the bay area so well count me in for any help Amazing. I so appreciate that. I'd love to talk to you about, again, more about your career. What surprised you about your career? Has anything been surprising to you along the way? I never in a million years imagined how much influencer marketing would become a part of my career. You just mentioned I finished my master's degree. And even in my master's degree, I did not have one specific course on influencer marketing. I think that's probably something to come, but that definitely has surprised me. I feel like the end of my capstone in creating an entire campaign for a company, I was able to bring that knowledge to the forefront. But I think my classmates walked away with not much knowledge there. And knowing that so many more marketing dollars, statistics out there, people doubling, tripling their budgets on influencer marketing, we have to prepare the next generation for that because we want to create you know, an educated pipeline to kind of keep pushing the industry forward. I think as far as my career goes, one of the things I'm really looking forward to next at Drip Drop specifically is figuring out the types of brands that we want to collaborate with, why we want to bring experiential marketing, the festivals we want to go to to experience Drip Drop, the large, you know, fitness brand apparel kind of companies that we would like to partner with. And so it's an exciting next chapter for me um, to kind of find those brands that we want to have brand affinity with. And I love when I see collaborations between brands. And then I think the second piece that I'm looking forward to, honestly, is growing our mission part of our of our company. Like I mentioned, being a public benefit company is just one step. And I was fortunate enough to go to go on a mission trip myself this past May with our company, with our doctor and founder to serve a population in need. But what else can we do and how can we do more and how can we bring, again, strategic partners into the fold that can deliver our product to those who truly need it? And, and like I mentioned just not too long ago was the 15000 
and sticks, those are getting taken to a remote area in the Congo to treat Ebola patients who are suffering from dehydration. And to know that I can make that kind of impact, I take that really seriously and I want to keep developing that. And I want to have long, impactful, meaningful, sustainable relationships with partners that can help us get our product to those that need it. And honestly, feel really privileged to get to work for a company that focuses so heavily on mission. Oh, that's so exciting. Any company can get into influencer marketing. I mean, it, anything whatsoever. But how rewarding of an experience is it to just like have something so meaningful and so impactful and using influencers to just get the message out even more about this incredible product. So, you know, my dream truly for, for influencer marketing is I can't wait for one of our influencers who turns into a brand ambassador, who turns into a mission advocate, who turns into someone who goes on a mission with our company. Like, bringing somebody so full circle into our brand and getting to live our mission, that would be fantastic. I love that so much. And so talk to us a little bit about what you would like to see this industry, what direction it should go in in the next year. I'd love to see more of this transparency and lifting of the veil. And maybe I'm biased because I work in an industry or for a company that kind of demands a little less refined. But I think we are getting stuck in this creative kind of pipeline of flat lays and bright photos. And I want to see people take the content that they do on stories, which feels so authentic, right? It's this one-on-one to the camera. I want them to bring that into their feed too. And I hope that that happens. And I think in doing so, it will allow brands the opportunity to connect in a deeper and more meaningful way. And I think on the influencer side, you know, specifically on the talent side, I want them to push harder on brands to make it more than one-off posts. I'd like to see brands reciprocate that. I want to see deeper relationships and I hope that that happens in the next year. Yeah, I mean, it's about relationships. That is what it is at its core. Sometimes we forget it's social media. It's about being social. It's about community. It's about connecting and what a powerful place to start that idea at the business level. So the top level, you're hiring an influencer and like really investing in that relationship. So I certainly don't want to come across it's like it's just it's just that simple the best way to make something happen is to just put it out in the universe and say like that is my intention that is my goal and just having that as the top line goal that's the way to get there I've enjoyed chatting with you so, so much. I have so many other questions to ask, but I think it would be incredible for everyone to be able to get in touch with you, ask their own questions of you. So again, where you're based in Oakland, in the Bay Area, anybody who wants to get in touch, and Tara's an incredible resource. So where can everyone and how can everyone get in touch with you? Yeah, so old school marketing, uh, you cannot find me on Instagram. I keep that private, but please connect with me on LinkedIn, Tara Pate. Tara, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You're incredible. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a really wonderful opportunity and great conversation. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments. So comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity during tax season because so much sensitive info was all together. Before we start the annual meeting of Sean's personal info, uh, has anyone seen Social Security number? Not me. Nope. Nuh-uh. Oh, no. He's been stolen. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but you can save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
Identity theft protection starts here.